He's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. Five star Friday with my man Greg Biggin. GD, it's five star Friday. How you doing? I'm doing good. I am doing good. How you doing, Keith? I'm doing okay. Still out in Canton, Ohio, but got a great interview. A one year anniversary of our Bruce Robinson interview of 2017. Got a chance to sit down with him again, 2018 at the Battle of the Beach. ZB, any thoughts kind of going into our fans listening to this interview? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's it, it was kind of good to get some insight into Coach Rawlinson. And we talked mostly about last year's team, kind of put it in historical perspective for him. And he, he kind of wanted to keep it modern-day perspective. I, I threw it out, hey, is this the best team from Southern California, you know, maybe ever? And he was kind of saying, hey, the best that he's coached. But... It's right. always great to talk to him. He's a man of, of so many stories. And unfortunately, you know, he had to go. I was seeing him. He, he kind of whispered, I got to go. I got to go. So it was uh, it was cut way too short before we really got to get even more into it. But I thought it was fun. It's always fun to catch up with, with him. He's a true legend and a great person as well. Great coach, great man, great leader. Yeah, there's no question about it. I enjoyed just kind of listening to you guys talk and go back and forth. You guys got a lot of history together kind of got into this deal together and, and uh, it, just, it was a pleasure for me to sit down and listen and, and learn and, and listen to what Coach had to say. Nobody probably better in high school football to talk to than a Bruce Robinson with his, his experiences, his memories, the players that he's coached, his championships. So uh, before we get into the interview, we have to remind you about our Sleeper of the Week. Hey, we want to remind everybody, tune in every Wednesday for our Sleeper of the Week segment. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, we're back. So without further ado, let's bring it in. Head coach Bruce Rollison, Modern Day High School, 2017 National Champs, here on the Transparent Truth. All right, now we'd like to bring in a legend, not just a legend, a staple in the game across America, defending national championship head coach, Modern Day High School, Coach Bruce Rollinson. Coach Rollo, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, it's one year later, like we said when we were setting up. Yeah. Life is good. Feet are still going in the right direction. And, you know, here we go again. Well, Coach, listen, you look a year younger. I look a year older. Yeah, I don't know I don't about know, that. I don't, know, I don't know how that works out, but I got my <laughs> man Greg Biggins here. And uh, I can't wait for this interview. GB, why don't you go ahead and take it over? Hey, Coach, I appreciate this. I know you're not a superstitious guy, but at the same time, shoot, why why even deal with, with potentially bad luck, right? We <laughs> sat here last year. You guys won a national championship. Maybe the best team ever from Southern California, so we got to come back and do this all over again. 
So let's let's let's, let's jump right. Let's rehash last season. I don't want, we don't have to go back to the old school poly days like we did last year. The old school. We got into the playoffs. I knew I had something special, and I reserved myself. And I still, I've had great football teams in the past, the '90s, and 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 so forth. But yeah, when you put the whole package together, offensively, defensively, and special teams. 17 has got to go on record as being the really the greatest football team in modern day history. And again, when I say that, I have respect for the guys I played with because we won a CIF championship back in 1965. And I have I say that with respect to all my ex players. But I'll tell you why I'm comfortable saying it. Biggs is I had players from 94. I had players from 91. I had players from 96, 98. Who finally, they just called and said, Coach, you know, appreciate you respecting us, but we couldn't line up against them. You know, they saw it. They knew what we had. And obviously, it's a different time and a different game. But, you know, that that was a special group. At what point, I mean... Let's go back to last year this time. Sure. Did you already kind of have a feeling? I mean, you had that offensive line coming back, right? And you knew you guys were hungry because you guys got knocked off by Bosco. Yep. I, I can say, Coach, you guys got manhandled. Like, I've never seen a modern-day team get manhandled before. So you boys just looked hungry. At what point did you knew last year team could be special? See, Biggs, you were there in the 92 championship game when we got manhandled by Eisenhower High School. But... But here, Tompkins, I, I was actually at that game too. <laughs> but here, here's the thing: there, there are different turning points in 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 the growth and development of a football team. And and you know, I'll go back to this tournament. We didn't have JT Daniels. We didn't have Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, I think CJ Parks was dinged up. So you know, yet we turned around and won the tournament with reserve players. And 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 I told them at the end of the day. It's a turning point because our backup players came through and were able to uphold the traditions and and we're walking out of here as a champion of the Battle of the Beach. Um, the other thing, you know, is is the Bishop Gorman game. You know, everybody, uh, you know, was going, all right, you know, th- this is their test. This will determine what... You know what they're made of, and and you know obviously I have great respect for Keddie and his club, and that was a battle. That and and it, it was just a horrible conditions. The temperature was in the high 90s. There was fire and smoke, but obviously national television with our with our friends from Fox. So you know we we went to battle, and again no Amon Ross St. Brown. And Parks goes out very early in the game with a sprained ankle. Now here comes Brew McCoy. Nico got off. Harper, the running backs, were were superior. But what I studied in that game was what we did up front on both sides of the ball. Our, Our offensive line just gave JT nothing but time. And our defensive line was just superior. Um, you know, playing against a very large offensive line, which you would expect. And we had penetration. We had a tremendous pass rush on the, I apologize, I don't remember his name. He's going to UCLA. But Dorian Thompson Robinson. Dorian Thompson Robinson. But, you know, I, I, when I looked at that, I said, all right, you know, we're, we're going to roll. We're going to roll. And then, uh, you know, we'll probably talk about it, but, you know, we, we were 5-0 and 
life's good. And then, you know, as much as people want to believe me or not, you know, yes, JT Daniels and his family came in for a meeting during our bye week, which was after game five. And it's sort of a funny story because he said, well, my family and I would like to meet with you. And I said, well, okay, sure. But I'm thinking, what do we need to meet about? He's got (laughs) 9 million yards and 55,000 touchdowns. And that's when JT said, uh, you know, I'm going to look into reclassifying. And swear to God, I I looked at him and I go, what is that? I mean, literally, this old man had no clue what reclassification was. And for all the press that might listen to this, it was not until the state game that that was officially sanctioned by three entities, USC Admissions, NCAA, and Modern Day's graduation requirements. Everybody accused me of keeping it under wraps, whatever. I'm not going to, you know, I, I bent on JT and said, JT, we've got something special going on here. And, and whatever you do, keep this out of the locker room. We don't need the distraction. We don't need, there's going to be speculation. And everybody did begin speculating, but, you know, as we went into the playoffs, but I can honestly tell you that, you know, we didn't think about it much after that. And, and JT never looked back. You mentioned JT and I definitely want to talk about him, but I'll, before we talk about JT, and as we're walking over here, your, your offensive line from last year, yeah. again, yeah. Keith and I had talked about that, maybe the best. And it wasn't just individually. You had Bama, UCLA, uh, Army, yep. Miles is a sophomore, go wherever he wants to go. Um, Boise, Boise State, State Boise man, State, Bubba. Koa Gonzalez. Like, again, not asking to compare, but for me, I've never seen an offensive line that was so good individually and then as a team, so good collectively. How special was that unit? Well, you know, remember two years earlier, I had to live with an all-10th grade offensive line. And I watched them grow together. And, and you know, we took, we took the thing to the finals with all 10th graders up front. And, you know, I knew that then if they stuck together and really committed in the weight room, and, and took care of business, but they, they were a tight-knit group. They had each other's back. And I'll tell you what, you become a pretty good football coach because, you know, there wasn't a blitz that they hadn't seen by the time they were 10th graders. There wasn't a stunt that they hadn't seen. There wasn't a pass protection. And, I mean, we're at a point in 17 where we're running seven and eight different protections or adjustments to the protections. And it, and it was all because they played together and, they you know, you, you've got those returning starters with two years experience and you know and it's funny now we come out we have some good players on the offensive line this year but they are untested and now we're we're going through the growing pains again (laughs) and and you know it's one of the things about trying to repeat it's one of the things about coming off a championship you know there was a hangover in modern day football in the sense that, you know, first you got to order the rings, then you got to get the rings, then you got to distribute the rings. And I say that because we're trying to focus on, on 2018. But 
It's interesting because you take things for granted in practice. You take th things for granted, making adjustments during the game when you have that, you know, 10 of 11 starters returning on offense. Hmm. But I will tell you this about that entire football team before I forget my thought. The one thing about them, Greg, was they didn't want to just beat you. They wanted to bury you. They, they were physical. Um, you know, in the Bergen Catholic game, there was a little trash talk before the game, which surprised me. These fine Catholic schools getting together, and it woke our football team up. And, I mean, you know, we, we played really well that night, and it's like 63-7 to 7 or whatever it was. And I'm saying, all right, you guys are shutting down. They got pissed. No, we're going to try to run it to 100. And I go, no, we're not. We're not going to take it to 100. Your asses are done. You're out. Okay, get to get a Gatorade and, and, and cheer your brothers on. But, you know, that physicality of that front, their ability to master and adjust and communicate with each other, is, is it's a coach's dream. So, JT Daniels, I, I've been on record. This is going to sound weird. Yeah. I, I almost thought because your O-line was so good, that it almost like took away from him. I, I had so many people saying, oh, look at that offensive line. If I played for that offensive line, I could play, you know, I had so many people almost saying, well, JT was, was only good because of that O-line. How special was JT as a quarterback? Uh, you've seen everybody, you've had a couple of Heisman Trophy winners, but if you can, what made JT so good and, and what kind of sets him apart and, and potentially why he could play as a true freshman slash senior in high school this year at USC. <laughs> you know, I think it's interesting. Whoever you were talking to about JT Daniels is only having success because of the offensive line. JT Daniels was the first to credit the receiving core and the offensive line and the backs. But here's the bottom line. All you have to do is look at the passes, okay? All you got to do is pull the state championship game up, okay? There's a 40-mile-an-hour wind. De La Salle does what I knew they'd do. They're going to kick with the wind at their back. I think the ball's still flying somewhere in San Francisco <laughs> Bay. And, you know, they had us. It, it, it was third and 11, you know, and, and he smokes a 20-yard comeback route to Amon Ra into the teeth of the wind. You can't do that if you're not talented. I don't care if you have what offensive line, what defensive line, what receivers. That's JT Daniels. And if you look at the placement of the long balls and the back shoulder throws and the touch balls and the mid-range balls, he had it all. But, the, you know, I... I you know, I've done nine million interviews since since we got done, and, and about this young man. And I go back to what I've always believed with high school quarterbacks. We've had a bunch of high school quarterbacks. Okay, don't even take the ones that are successful. Take the ones that come in. They're good boys. They can throw it from here to the next city. But they don't want to come in and give up their lunch periods in January to start dissecting what we want to do offensively. They don't want to stay after practice and look at video. That's the separator. Barkley did. Liner did. The Billy Blanton, all the way back to, to the 90s. Okay, John Flynn did. That's the difference. His knowledge of the game, we actually were at a point at that, you know, where we were going. We got this kid for two more years, not so fast with that. <laughs> but but literally, we were, we were taking suggestions from him in the sense that he'd look at a concept and say, okay, what if we added this? And we'd go, okay, well, that looks good. Okay, give us, give it a name, and we'll we'll start repping it. It's his intelligence. It's it's his poise. 
It's his leadership. And I've said this to a lot of people. Here's the deal. I would, I would see JT Daniels on campus. JT Daniels was a normal high school kid. I watched JT interact with every student, every size, every color. I even watched JT Daniels stop kids and say, hey, why you got your head down, man? It's a great day. Huh. You know, that, you don't get kids like that with his talent, with his composure, with his character. I mean, that that's the whole package and, and you know, we got to rebuild. You know, we, we, we know Bryce is ready to take the reins at modern day. But, it, it, you know, it's a dream come true. I've been fortunate, you know, because of Dave Money and now uh, Taylor Kelly helping us out with the quarterbacks. You know, we've been blessed with great ones. But they all shared the characteristic that I'm going to come back to. It's doing the extra and, and spending the extra time to perfect the position of quarterback. You know, with JT, you, you mentioned the arm and the back shoulder and the accuracy and all that, but like you kind of been touching upon it, it seemed like his mind yeah. was almost like a savant. And I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I was talking to a USC coach, and he told me that they're already doing stuff with JT on the board, Yeah. and JT's already further along right now, again, not going to name a name, than some guys they've had when they left USC. Not yeah. when they came in, when they actually left. He's already further along in terms of just understanding concepts and, and schemes and whatnot. And they're trying to beat our coverages for this, and he's just like, he gets it like that. Is he about as sharp? I mean, you've had Matt, both Matt, Barkley, Leinart, but was JT even different than them in terms of just how quick he was? You know, I, I, I he was very, very smart. You know, you, you, you're, what kid can take 10 classes in the spring semester and still get a 4.0? Seven of them at modern day, and I, and I, and and three of them online, and they're not, you know, powder puff online <laughs> classes. You know. It, I, I've always said this. Go to JT Daniels' locker when he was with us. You'd find six notebooks full of notes. He was a copious note taker, and he never went into a meeting without a notebook. But um, yeah, there, there, there. He saw it, and and I wish I could describe it better. I've tried to describe it better than that. But he smelled it. He felt it. He saw it. His ability to pre-read what high school kids were doing, even if they were trying to disguise, it, it just fascinated me. I get, I'll give you a story. We put up the, there was a, a team that will play. I'm not going to say because I got to play them again, <laughs> but they had a funky blitz, and it was very, very. It was you know one of those either we're going to take your quarterback out of the game or you're going to burn us. And basically, they overloaded one side. They had no middle backers. We showed it to JT on a Monday and said, JT, they're crazy if they do this. But if they do, just look over at Harper or, or and, and just say, look, just shoot up the seam and you're going to throw off your back foot and you're going to take a hit. But there's not going to be anybody home, but you got to hit them by the third or fourth step. We're in the game. We're on the uh, uh, minus 48, and it's close. It's, I think, 17-14 at the time. What does old Daniels do? I see him pause and look and look. He sees a blitz that we showed him five days earlier. Okay, I saw him turn to Harper, and I'm on the phones just laughing, going, it's a touchdown, fellas. Get the PAT ready. Bang! Up the pipe he goes. I mean, what can... can and I, when he came off, I said, JT, how's that? He goes, I remembered it from Monday. Christ, I couldn't remember it from Monday. <laughs> Love to talk about 
I mean, I don't know how to describe him. Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, the whole St. Brown family is a, is a story in itself yep. with Big John and all that. But Amon Ross, have you coached many kids that were that competitive? You kind of you talk about the dog mentality, thing like that was raw. And I, I don't know because men on the because he was the youngest one of the bunch or for what it was, but he just seemed like, man, a guy just played angry and he was so good. What was it like coaching him the last couple of years? It was a pleasure, you know, and and, 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 and John was John and and. and you know, we had a great relationship. I loved it when Equinemius and Osiris came back from Stanford and Notre Dame because Amon Ra would even put on a show at practice for his two brothers. But here's here's what I can tell you about Amon Ra St. Brown. I had a young receiver. It was a Wednesday night, and uh, we were on the second floor, and, it, and, and it, you look out onto our practice field, and this young boy says, Coach, what do I need to do? You know, I, I, I want to play more. And I turned around and I said, all right, here's the difference, son. I go, there's the number one receiver in the United States. Everybody's left the field. The lights are still on. And what is he doing out there? He's training. And that summarizes Amon Ra. He had a, a, a pre, a, excuse me, a post practice Monday workout, Tuesday workout, and Wednesday workout. Didn't do it for show. He it was completely mapped out, and he knew exactly what he wanted to do. I like them when they're cocky and arrogant like him. I don't like the showboating, as you know. Okay, once in a while he 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 crossed, but we had a pretty good agreement. Okay. You know, and, and, you know, I told him in the day of the salad game, I go, ah, you spun the ball too early, man. We're not, we don't have this one in the back pocket yet. But he laughed. I mean, I had a great relationship with him. I have the utmost respect for him. But I'll tell you what, when you got a kid that's coming off the field saying, get me the ball, and it's nut cutting time, you got to love life. You got to love life. Hey, how good did it feel the second Bosco win that won you a CF championship. I mean, did you ever feel like there was like a, a monkey off your back? Historic program, coach, but it had been yeah. a while, right? No, it had you're been a right. while in between CF titles, but how good did that feel? Well, we turned the program around in 2012. I've told the story many times. I blew everything up. It wasn't about firing people. I got Scott Prohaski in. I invested in nutrition, a different mm. strength program, and, and so forth. And, you know, we'd been to the finals, and, 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 and we got beat by Bosco. But the bottom line is, is that apologize the the bottom line is 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 you, you, the, you know I would be lying to you. you know, yeah, I'm hearing the dogs barking from afar. You know, he's too old. His game's passed him by. Whatever. Come on. I mean, you know. And it was very, very satisfying. It was. But I tell you what. Believe it or not, I was happier for the kids because. Think about that. You are in your 17th week of football with kids, and you know me. I'm grinding, <laughs> and I'm pushing them. And we, you know, they talked me into a nod-padded practice on Thursdays. It's the first time I've ever done it, but I trusted them. Other than that, we're hitting Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And, you know, it, I was excited for, for, for that football team. And, and, you know, I talked to them before the game, and like I told them, let's just go do this together. So we did it. Then you got to buy. And the next thing you know, you know, we're, we're, we're taking a bus to Sacramento, which was a sheer pleasure. So let's move forward. Let's talk this year. We got to be quick. Yeah. We got to be quick. I know you got to play right now. 2018, Bryce Young. What do we think? How, how is he going to be this year? What can, what can fans expect to see out of Bryce? Well, I, I can tell you this. We, 
we're going to play to a kid's strength. So we've retooled. Now, the naked eye will look like the same offense, but it will not be the same offense because Bryce is the ultimate true dual threat quarterback that we have had and we are going to utilize his running ability I've seen him do things in spring and this summer making moves, shaking guys uh, I, I describe Bryce as this way. He has peripheral plus vision. Mm. It's like he, he's got sometimes eyes in the back of his head. He just feels them coming, and he'll put the brakes on. The kid will run by. But uh, we're excited for him. We got a lot of work to do. We got we to gotta, you know, develop the chemistry of the football team, which is coming. We did a great thing uh, you know, called Seal Fit. We took them all down to to Encinitas and put them with a, a team of SEALs and just about killed them. But they learned, you know, if, if we're in any tougher situation than we put them in, in on that beach, I'll be fascinated. Real quick, Brew McCoy. Yeah. I know you got to go, but give me a, a Brew McCoy. Again, gifted, both sides of the ball. How good is this kid? Well, I used to be, I used to look like Brew McCoy. You realize that. I, yeah, I did too. All of us did. You know what I mean? I'll tell you what, Brew McCoy, he, he I'm going to start with what what I really love about Brew McCoy, he's really a great leader. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, we're missing a little bit of that right now because we're being very, very patient with the with the hernia surgery. Uh, you know, you weren't over on the other field, or you might have saw it, but, you know, here comes Brew with his brand-new cleats on saying, I can go, and I said, nope. But I'll tell you what, I was going, mm, man, I'd like to turn <laughs> him loose. And I'm excited to turn him loose on both sides of the ball, but I'm excited because he's the fun. Final, one of the final screws in this thing to really bring them together because the kids respect him and they respect his ability, and I'm excited to see what he does. Will he play more defense this year with Mace out with the injury? Um, you know, it, it's interesting. It, it, it's all going to be situational, um, you know, but but we're, we're working on some stuff to, to do more with him on defense. Um what I can tell you in confidence in the sense of Brew, Brew will be in outstanding shape because he's not going to come off the field that much. Beautiful. <laughs> Coach, you got to go. Yep. I appreciate you, as always. You want us to help you up? Can you get off the ground, or do we need to... No, thank God. <laughs> no, thank God. There's not a camera on me because I'll probably have to crawl about. Coach Keith got steps. you. Keith got but, you right uh, here. Hey, Biggs. You know you're one of my favorites. We go way you. back. Absolutely. And uh, here's the most important thing that I believe: there are certain people that cover high school, and they don't do a good job, and they don't have the benefit of the kids in mind. And then there's people like you who respect the coaches but care about the kids. And, and don't ever change, brother, because I appreciate I that. 100%. All right, man. Take thank care. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Thank you. And thank you to the audience for listening. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right. Coach Rollinson. Yeah. A legend, a legend in the mind of yes. all Southern California football fans, right. high school fans across really? the country. Where are we playing? <laughs> Where are we playing? That's a great question. Right. GB. That was a great That's interview, always my fun. Man. I always feel like it's too short, right? I, I feel like we could just go on and on and on and All so right, many different things. When I do get out of it, Biggs, it'll be you and me. Dude, I'm gone when you are. I can work with you. I'm gone when you are. I what I said. Okay, I appreciate that. Yep, 100%. Appreciate you. Thanks, Coach. Uh, we appreciate Coach Robinson for coming on. Uh, again, a great man, terrific coach, and uh, a guy who's shown the ability to adapt with the time and be flexible. That's what stood out to me. Uh, Greg, you talked a little bit about JC and how he wanted to reclassify. He said, hey, what the heck does that mean? But 
you know, you know, a stubborn coach kind of shuts that down, kind of gives that thing a problem. Not Bruce Brownson. Open, flexible, and with the ability to adapt to the new day and the new time. JT Daniels brings something new to the title. Coach Brownson says, hey, let's work the deal. Let's roll with it. I support you. So kudos to him for really understanding his players and, and not treating everybody the same, but treating everybody fair, GB. You know what? And that's what stood out to me, too. Not so much about JT, but remember, I, I, I'm sure you caught it when he said like three or four years ago, he blew up the whole program. Remember that part of the interview when he said, Absolutely. you know, they hadn't, they, hadn't, they hadn't won in a while. And he, I don't think he was ever in danger of losing his job. I mean, he's a legacy there. He'll go, when he, go out when he wants to. He's like John Wooden. But it was interesting to say that he recognized, hey, what we're doing is not working. We haven't won a title in years. And he said he blew up the whole entire thing, started from scratch. And I'll tell you what, man, you can see it. The modern day that I see today is radically different than the one I saw 20 years ago. And again, that's hats off to a guy who's as old school as it gets. Yeah, you won't find anyone more old school than Bruce Rollinson. But hey, he said, you know, this isn't working. I'm going to change. And obviously, man, it, it was a change for the better. Yeah, there's no question about that. I mean, they're on a roll. And uh, that IMG matchup might lose some luster considering some transfers might be coming down the pipe. Nevertheless, they've got Bosco and Trinley played. They have Orange Lou, who's explosive offensively and improved defensively. Jay Sarah, who I think is going to be the surprise program in the training league this year. Should be a fun season, but the Monday Monarchs, they have to be the favorite. They're loaded. Uh, pretty much at every position. They're secondary. They've got four-star players all over the place. Their linebackers, not as high-profile prof- high as they were last year, but still a fast physical group. The defensive line is as active as anybody in the country, led by, uh, you know, Evan Bennett up the middle, Keon Ware-Hudson up the middle, and the, the elite pass rusher extraordinaire, Brew McCoy, who doubles as a wide receiver. Quarterback Bryce Young. Is about as good as a dual threat you've got to find anywhere in America. There's no question about that. In that offensive line led by George Mikey Hahn, Miles Morrell, Ty Mark. They're going to get up front. They're going to get low. They're going to get physical. They're going to get after your behind. So the Monarchs ready to roll in 18. You know, it's going to come down to line play. And we don't, we need to, we don't need to do the matchup right now. I'm, it's always tempting. Once you start talking about modern day, my head just starts spinning, Keith. I just start thinking of Bosco's counter, right? I'm sure you do the same. If I start talking about Bosco, probably in your head, you start thinking, okay, what can modern day do to counterattack that? And uh, so, for, I mean, for me, it'll come down to who has the best line. It always does. And I think right now, it, also, who, who's hungrier? You know, that's what Coach Rollins said. He, man, those guys were pissed off. They got their butt kicked two years ago. They came back hungry. Bosco would even admit, hey, Marday just looked hungrier than we were last year. I think this year, Bosco has an eye of the tiger, that Rocky three. It's a rematch. Mr. T, Cobra White had it round in the first fight. Second fight, Rocky had it, Keith. Rocky came out on top. Eye of the tiger, baby. So who has it? Who's tougher up front? And you know what Marday has that I would love to see? You know, my, my boy, James Finley, Finn to win, said, the guy on the team who's the best pure pass rusher who they can't stop, is our guy Michael Martinez. He said he is a best. When they put him on defensive end, no one can block him. It's not even close. His length and, and his athleticism, is, you can't, his arms are too long. I would love to see they – because they need a pass rusher. That's one thing about modern day. They lost their two best pass rushers last year, Mace Puna and Lagaleo. 
I would love to see them line up Michael Martinez. I know he's a tight end. Give him some reps at defensive end, and let's see what he can do. Because, dude, talking to Finn to win, he said this guy is special off that edge. So I would love to see that. Oh, I can imagine. With, the, with those hands, those size 11-inch hands, and that wingspan, absolutely. You, are you kidding me? I, can you imagine him versus Evan Neal in the IMG game? A 6'6 DM versus a 6'7 O tackle? Man, that's, that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd be awesome. Yeah, let's go. Let's, I want to see it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> no doubt about it. So, hey, we appreciate you joining us here on Transparent Soup. It's Five Star Friday. Greg Davis conducted a great interview. We appreciate him. The coach, head coach, legendary head coach, Rollinson. Please follow the show on all our platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are out there. Follow my man at Greg Biggins underscore, excuse me, at Greg Biggins on Twitter, Coach Keith underscore MP on Twitter. Without further ado, let's bring this baby to a close. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.